0: This is Inanda Joy and I'm Valerie and we welcome you to the practice of living from your heart while finding oneness in duality. dun, dun, thong. dun, dun, dun. ding and the Where's angels our bell? sing.
1: <laughs> good morning, Val.
0: <laughs> oh, we're recording. Hey. Off good we morning, go. good morning. Good morning, good morning. How are you feeling today? Oh, it's been a morning good though I just didn't sleep really yeah I haven't
1: I don't feel like I've been sleeping I feel like most people I'm talking to lately their cycles like the cycle of their what is it called the arcadian what is circadian isn't it art I thought it was is it circadian rhythm I think think it's of the planet yeah like how you oh you know how you kind of get in a sink and I normally go to bed at nine at at night and I get up at every I feel like everyone that I've talked to their rhythms have changed Interesting. Do you feel like that's true for you? I feel like it's true for me. I guess I haven't paid
0: attention <laughs> to be honest. I was I sleeping kind of really well. But yeah. you know. Shit happens. Shit happens. Every day. Yeah. Well, I always sleep better when Jeff's in town. So Aww, that's, that's part so of it hard. Too, Long you know? distance relationships are hard. Yes. You just opened sacred
1: space, which was stunning and beautiful. Mm. Was that your first
0: time doing it with an audience? And well, I wouldn't call you an audience; it's an, somebody else listening. No, actually, I did it one other time this week. <laughs> did you? <laughs> yeah, a new moon circle uh, the other night. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a, it's a practice for yeah. sure, and again, it goes along with what we are working to embody with our podcast. Which is stepping into our sovereign selves, being seen, being heard, and just being in the truth of who we are. Right. And not needing the validation back that we're doing it right. At least for me. Yeah. I, sometimes I'm like, I really want someone just to tell me, Oh, that You're was doing amazing. so great. Yeah. <laughs> I feel
1: like when I so especially stepping out of religion, like turning off prayer mm-hmm. was something I did for years. When I stepped into the shamanic practitioner training and you have a client, you always open sacred space. Mm-hmm. And doing that and opening my mouth, like I started this four, four years ago is when I started it. And it was hard for me because mm-hmm. it felt like it was a form of prayer. And I think obviously that was just an aspect of me as, that was looking for healing. Mm-hmm. Because there is something about opening your mouth and having that vulnerability and that channeling energy or spirit. That was challenging for me, but now stepping into it seven years, eight years later, holy shit, it is,
0: I don't, I, yeah, you can't really put words. Yeah, I feel, um, same, like I stepped back from any religious practice for a long time until I figured out there's a difference between being religious and being spiritual. Right. Right. And then as I started figuring out what my spiritual practice is, allowing it to unfold in a way that feels authentic and not um, what it should look like or what someone else thinks it you know what I mean? Right. Just really letting it be authentic and a daily practice. And I will say it makes a difference. Oh, I agree. Because at first I was like, oh, that's bullshit. That's religion speaking.
1: Well, your daily practice is you open...
0: I have been. Yeah. Opening a circle yeah. with the elements. I'm trying to, oh, it came from a book I read that was very powerful, um, about Wicca actually, by Phyllis Curat called Um The Book of Shadows. Oh, I love it. It was amazing. You know that when
1: I left Mormonism, I stepped into Wicca. Yeah. Which was I mean it's comical. I was I would be so mortified to tell people like, Oh my god, I just joined a coven. <laughs>
0: Well, what I love about it, though, is when you learn the root of the words and you get out of what has been taught. The stereotypes, yeah. Wicca, or Witcha, W-I-C-C-E, she explains in the book, means wise one. Yeah. That's it. Wise one. They're the ones that were the healers, the herbalists, the midwives, Mm -hmm. the oracles, the diviner, diviners, divination? Yeah. They did divination. um, That walked... A spiritual path.
1: And very connected to earth elements. Oh, That's yeah. something that I loved. And I remember, actually, so I was invited by a friend of mine who you know, very cautiously invited me, but felt the call to. And I, I walk into this group, and again, I just left Mormonism, but was really excited to explore more of that spiritual aspect. And I walk, and there's a group of women sitting, and we were sitting outside, because it was in the summer, right against the mountains, and I was just in a state of of observance mm-hmm. but I was also a little scared like what the fuck am I doing <laughs> and I have never seen like st- stepping in a group of women that were holding their power and in- and very clear with their intention and very cautious with their intention like the integrity that they held and the magic they were creating together wow like that was that blew me away and this segues into what we're going to talk about, which is really the sacred and divine feminine that we kind of talked about in our last podcast that I think is asking to be spoken to mm-hmm. today. It's funny my body's starting to get shaky.
0: Hmm, well, interesting. why? Okay. This is part of my magic. Yeah. Drop into your body. It's my nervous system and it does this
1: every once in a while. But what is it saying? Well, it's part of me that's trying to step more into my divine sovereign goddess self. And doing that there's natural resistance because how many how many lifetimes have most women, if not all, had, you know, past life memories of being killed and tortured and abused or misused because they were powerful and they spoke their truth and used their wisdom and their gifts. Mm -hmm. I think that's partly, too, why now, you know, speaking out loud, most of us like go, oh, shit, like have this natural. Mm -hmm. So for me, I know it's an expansion that's asking to happen. And so it's, again, that, okay don't resist it. It's just an interesting noticing Mm -hmm. for me. Yeah. And it's this idea, too, of, oh, my gosh, I could be so I would be so big. And that's that's scary. Absolutely. I love that you just said that yeah I love that you just said that I remember was it I think it was Kyra Ra that talked about the bigness. Do you remember this in one of her green Tara meditations that she's doing right now I'm trying to remember or maybe it's just the beginning of the green Tara in her book?
0: yeah, yeah, I mean oh I'm trying how to, many it's of not us kinda... have been living small because fear of fear and in some ways easier (laughs) you know what I mean until it's not yeah it's easier until it's not
1: well that's one of the things I love about you is oh you feel scared hmm maybe that means you should go jump into that it's (laughs) like no I feel scared so I should I should shrink away from
0: (laughs) nope well you know it's I think it's it's a journey it's a path and it's okay it's okay to be in a space of, I'm not quite ready. That's all right. Yeah, honoring and, yeah, honoring, honoring where, where you're, you're at.
1: However, I remember that Till Swan talked about this, uh-huh. that we do have a tendency to think that something feels good and that is then our sign. Oh, this feels better for me just to stay at home and not go to whatever it is that you're going to. Right, And that feel good resonates because it's comfort. Like you're saying it. But that's not necessarily our answer. And it is an interesting path to navigate. Okay, is this feel good because I shouldn't step into this, or does this feel good because it's comfortable and I, I am afraid?
0: Yeah. Well, no one can answer that but you or me, I, whoever the individual is, right? Yeah. It's, a, it's a journey inward, yeah. which I believe is the path of living the sovereign self. Mm-hmm is learning how to journey inward to your own truth, to your own practice of who you are on a daily basis, Agreed. how you connect to whatever is meaningful to you. And I don't even want to put words into that because it's so different for everyone. What is the meaning for you and how do you connect to it? You know, when you say, what is the meaning? What do you mean? What is the, the big, meaning? the big, like the big outside, outside of you or not outside of you, bigger than you, like source. So are you, so exam, for example, okay. how do I connect to spirit every day? Because my belief is I am spirit in form. So if that's my belief, what's my practice in support of my belief? So I, the reason why I hesitate to put words into it, as I, I would imagine some people don't believe in god or a god self or so what is their purpose what's their meaning every day and how do you connect to that in your body well and I think
1: as you're talking and what I hear the question asking and a lot of people ask this is what is my purpose and that goes to an even bigger deeper question which I think we should answer but I wonder if we should pull a goddess card awesome what are your thoughts sure
0: yeah so since you're gonna lead the space of
1: Am I I let it I led the breath work yesterday. Okay. Well you pulled out the box. You pulled out a box too.
0: Really. <laughs> <laughs> Whose Your box b- are we pulling out of? Why well,
1: maybe we both do one.
0: Okay. I like that. So what's
1: our what's our question? What goddess wants to show up in our space today? I love it. Is I'm it? so
0: into calling on goddess energy lately.
1: Well, yeah, because it... It's part of our practice, right? Is yeah. the goddesses were there before us to show us how to really step into our sovereign selves. Right. That is the practice of the feminine.
0: My shuffle's a lot louder than yours. Well that's cause I do more of this, like the the toss shuffle. The toss shuffle. Yeah. Do the shuffle. <laughs> oh, See,
1: you can be both silly and spiritual <laughs> while pulling a card.
0: Oh, I almost had one come out. Oh, a card. That's what she said. <laughs> okay. Enough of this. Here we go. Which goddess wants to support us in our call today? Oh, what is it? I don't know that one. Who is it? It's, she's gorgeous. Yes, yeah, she is. <clears throat> a lot of blue. Uh Yuki Ana, which is the goddess of stillness, Ooh. which is something you
1: and I are practicing. And Val and I are both very heady, can be very heady. And so I think we've both been in more of a practice of, okay, there's a time and a purpose for a head, but how do we connect that to our hearts and being and that still,
0: stillness? So this is interesting and always appropriate. The Empowerment Message of Yuki, Yuki Ana, who is the last goddess in this deck, the goddess of stillness. The Japanese goddess of winter, Yuki Anna, calls you to a practice of daily meditation and stillness to prepare you for greater productivity and results, being open, receptive, slowing down and allowing for time to dream activates your partnership with the universe so you can truly set your intentions in motion okay i'm getting chills Mm. then almost without effort you discover their vibrational match in the world of form this is like exactly what we're going to talk about today just as a life force quietly builds within a seed buried beneath the snow so too will the energy build in the seed of your desires before manifesting with no effort on your part you will find how easy it is to co-create while implementing a practice of stillness and receptivity. Let others make the first move at this time as you assess and observe the world around you from the profound position of stillness and neutrality. In this way, the world becomes more intimate, yet you know to take nothing personally. When the goddess Yuki Anna comes to support you, be still. This calls in the miracles. The action now is non-action. Mm. Could you have picked a more perfect card? You picked it. Well, okay. I was so, just saying you as in, like, overall. The the big you? <laughs> the collective? You as
1: in? Everyone. What, what deck
0: is that? Oh, so this is uh, my new favorite deck. It's the Goddess Power Oracle Guidebook by Colette Baron reed And not only are they beautiful works of art, but uh, I find the messages in them are just amazing so yeah we can post it on our Instagram page finding oneness and duality go there to find us I'm not going
1: to draw a card because this is perfect it okay. didn't feel too
0: okay this is what I love this is magic this is magic in practice and I feel like what we were talking about earlier about stepping into our feminine power I feel like it's just understanding that's what we've been doing and really doing it consciously because I believe we do create magic every day through intention, through presence, through whether, whether it's conscious or unconscious, whatever we're believing is going to happen, we create. Right, And it's just the process of understanding that we can do that purposefully. Like we can direct it. And we can come from an empowered place in how we create life. Yes, and
1: this, this touches on a topic that I, this whole idea of manifesting, right? Mm-hmm. People do vision boards, I'm going to create my reality, which is, is true. We create a reality, except what I'm finding is that when we let go, really, of the desire for the want, that
0: actually is when things start coming Does that make sense? Well, it comes to the law of attachment. If we let go of how it needs to look, we can set the intention of what we would like to experience, but we have to let go of how it shows up. Right. And the timing of it. For example, I'm in a long-distance relationship. It's killing me. It's It's been how many years? Well, over three. Yeah. Long time to be in a long distance. It's so challenging. It is so challenging, and I just keep asking for it to shift. I keep asking for it to shift. I want to have a co-creative every day in the same house place with my partner. Yeah, And divine timing isn't aligned with that yet. So it's a place of surrender, of staying in the truth of what feels right, and then letting go of how it unfolds, right? So is that kind of what you're saying?
1: Yes, and to be
0: completely frank, this is a practice that I'm learning still.
1: And I have friends who have experienced this very much firsthand and The biggest example, especially if you want something to really listen to and read, is I first read Michael Singer's book, The Surrender Experiment. Most people know his, The Untethered Soul. Mm. But The Surrender Experiment is the book that I read. And in in coupling with that, he has a video series. I think it's an eight-video series. You do have to buy it. That's through Sounds True Publishing. That video series was so powerful. And he's so fun to listen to. Especially he talks about the Big Bang and the way that he can regurgitate some of this information just blows my mind, you know, the molecular structure and, you know, he just rattles it off and it's just like, uh, like he's telling, you know, story time. He's
0: like us, right? Oh,
1: I couldn't regurgitate the Big Bang like he does. And oh, anyway, it's a really interesting, he talks a lot about samskaras and how this is a little bit of a segue, but I feel like it's important to... Mm -hmm. Um, and since we're in flow, we're going with flow.
0: Oh, I feel it. I'm feeling it in my body. Like I'm, okay, ground, because this is coming through. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, and the samskaras are, and I like to think of samskaras like scars. Mm-hmm. You know, they're the scars that we... And we kind of talked about it in our last podcast, how it's those scars and that... The things that have happened in our life that have formed a scar on our hearts, in our hearts, and because of that, it now creates those filters that hits up against our scars. So every time something happens, it triggers this instance that I had as a child. I'm going to react from that space. and And Michael Singer talks about it like a river that are you know we have this beautiful river that just flows and water just flows naturally. You know, there's nothing. It doesn't need to have a current. It doesn't need to have these different aspects. And our samskaras will come in like rocks and now the water has to go around it or it splashes up against it and creates different kind of currents which for me I like being the eye the feeling of the calm in the tornado the hurricane tornado whatever you want to call it that that you know like the shaman seeing state the still waters mm-hmm. so when we can look at our scars and recognize our samskaras oh and letting go he always talks about what is it Relax. let's see you you recognize that this is a samskara and you breathe into it and you let it go. He I think he says two Rs and I can't remember what it is right now. Samskara? No, oh. when you react when you recognize, oh this oh, is bumping the two up. R's
0: that you Yeah, do. it's a recognize a, and then a release, I think. Okay.
1: I think that's what it is. But I highly recommend those videos. And this is something that I'm in a practice of right now. Mm -hmm. Because I don't care who you are, all of us are trying to create something and want something. This is why I'm not a big believer on vision boards, side note. Because, like you said, you're holding on to a vision of something.
0: What it needs to look like.
1: Right. And in all reality, if you pull in your higher essential self, it can see from so much, you know, a a different elevation and different view. And. You may not be able to see that in the current viewpoint from where you're standing right now. And what could be coming in is so much greater and so much more beautiful than what you could vision in this now moment. Mm-hmm. So letting it go allows for whatever to come in in a divine, beautiful way. And like you said, yes, I can hold on to the idea of for me, my soul's purpose has always been to help others, to help empower others. I've seen myself speaking on stage in front of thousands of people, which is a interesting thing to a acknowledge to all of you right now because it's kind of one of those, holy shit, this is something I felt for years coming in. Mm-hmm. But it it's that essence of this is who I feel like I am, what I feel like my purpose, my calling is on this planet, how it unfolds, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. So I'm surrendering. Oh, it felt to write a book. I wrote a book. And it turned out to be something completely different than I thought. <laughs>
0: Why don't you tell us about your book, just because you've brought it up, just in case people are interested.
1: Well, um, it's not published quite yet, although it's so close. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I closed my doors to a clothing business that I owned for 11 years and was surprised at the timing when it felt to close it and went through a huge mourning phase. You know, this was something that I put a lot of time and energy into and trusted my gut, surrendered, did did all the things that I thought I should do until one day it was, you know, it felt to close. And in that space, you know, as I'm sitting in this place, new place of surrender and all right, spirit, what's next? What do I do? It felt to write a book. So I started writing and what it turned into be was love and the spaces in between. And I've been in multiple relationships, been married four times, annulled twice, which is not something I ever thought I would say in my now 40 years on this planet and was never part of my plan. However, I've learned a ton through different relationships and some of them were extremely challenging. One, you know, Val's been with me since for through most of my relationships and one was a very challenging relationship actually for all the people in my life and he had borderline personality disor- disorder and it was it was definitely challenging. So mm-hmm. in this book I'm very raw and vulnerable about my experiences. I have changed all the names for some anonymity because it's my story. Right? And from my my perspective, so I did that.
0: <laughs> That's amazing, and as it comes available, we can let people know where to find it but what i'm what I love that I'm hearing it'll
1: be on Amazon in a few <clears throat> weeks, so there you go.
0: okay, Amazon. What I love that I'm hearing is you are you're embodying the practice of finding balance between the masculine and feminine, right? so just a little background or context, we all have a masculine energy and we all have a feminine energy, whether or not you identify as male or female, we have both aspects within us, right? Mm-hmm. And in the body, the left side represents the feminine and the right side represents the masculine. And it's how energy flows through our body. So the left side is how we receive life. It's also the back side of our body. The right side is how we do what we give, what we put out. And it's finding that balance between the two within ourselves because if we're always just receiving but we're never creating we're out of balance right and if all we do is do and we never take the time to slow down into stillness and let our intuitive side become active to receive Mm -hmm. then who's directing the doer right it's just that that the head the, the brain the mental aspect there's no balance there So it's the practice of embodying both. And I loved that in your sharing your experience, you did that. You were living by intuition. You were following where you felt guided. But the point was, is you felt guided and then you took action. A lot of times I feel like I've just been all action oriented, like, That's how I was raised. That's the paradigm I came from. Like, check these boxes, do A, B, C, and D, and you will get, you know, eternal salvation, whatever. And that was the way I took it in. Other people have different experiences. But learning how to do that dance between the two, where there is such a deep place of surrender to let the idea, the inspiration, the intuition flow in, and then that comes through the feminine side, and then it's given to the masculine side to then do, create. Mm-hmm. And it's that balance of back and forth, right? And something I read that was so beautiful is that in the heart, the heart space is our feminine center. And the, the mind is the masculine. Mm-hmm. And neither one is better than the other. It's just who's, who's leading the show, right? Right. And if we're leading from our head, then we're disconnected from the heart. And if we're in the heart and not using our mind, then it may be hard to put things out there, Mm -hmm. right? We feel a lot, but there's no action taken. So the heart inspires the mind and the mind serves the heart. Right. And that's a beautiful balance. Yeah. I love it. One of the things I've been asking is to have my
1: psychic centers opened because for me and i would i would imagine most women have some sort of psychic all of us have gifts amazing gifts and yeah. every everyone's unique to them mm-hmm. but i believe everyone has psychic abilities and you can say psychic abilities mean i mean it can go the breadth of I even would encompass it to being an empath, which most of us are.
0: Right. I mean, I wouldn't say just women. I would say agreed.
1: everyone. I think because we're talking about the sacred feminine. But we do need to talk the divine yeah, masculine but, and the divine feminine. But yes. those
0: are in men too. A hundred percent. agreed. Yeah.
1: But as I've been activating more of those centers in me, just the other day in a session, my it was the heart and the third eye, which is the head, mm-hmm. that are connected. So I've been in a practice of seeing with both at the same time. So this is interesting for me to practice with because it is kind of this interesting surgence of, for me, and I... I do feel like there's a time and a season for all things. Mm -hmm. So I know I was definitely very much into the feminine for a while of caretaker, mother. I had young children and I was, I was shut off for, for quite a long time and then went through some changes, divorce, whatever. And I stepped more into the masculine of doer, right? I've got to take care of my family. I'm running a business, yada, yada, yada. And then like you were saying, it would kind of, I would, it took me a while to kind of go back and forth between the two. And how can I step into the masculine with the feminine and the feminine is deemed as weakness. I'd sit in business meetings and I would be my more masculine self in the feminine embodiment of who I am. And it would, it was always comical to me to see how I, how men would react to me. They didn't know how, (laughs) they didn't know how to, I would, I feel like I would set them on their heels, which was really entertaining to me, to be completely frank. But kind of figuring out this balance like it's it's okay sometimes in your life to be more in the
0: masculine right because it's what's needed exactly yeah exactly and I feel like it may be in the past what was needed because I didn't know any other way right and my hope in my practice because this is something very new for me is that I can always find that right relationship between the two uh-huh. You know, so it's never out of balance we're
1: finding the oneness in between the two right
0: yeah. yes absolutely and I feel like that's for men and women really it's not just a, like I feel men ha- can get in the same trap on either side some men definitely are more in their masculine and some men are more in their feminine Agreed. and it's learning how to find the balance and one of the other things that I've just dipping toes in <laughs> is into tantra um practice, which is, in, and this is very, very rudimentary because I'm just learning, but um, we each have the masculine and feminine within us. And then as we come together as a partnership, whether it's um, heterosexual or homosexual, there's still those two parts within each person. Right. The counterparts are the ones that are com- finding the connection, the masculine to feminine and feminine to masculine within the two people. And that's where the energy vortex is created between that union. And kundalini is
1: riding, rising of the serpent energy, right? Absolutely, Not yeah. kundalini. Uh, yeah, kundalini. It is
0: kundalini, but it's tied into tantra. Well, tantra. well, tantra is the practice of moving kundalini energy through your body. It's accessing your god self <laughs> through the kundalini energy. You can access different layers of consciousness through it, your ka body and your... I, can't, I don't know all the words. Like I said, I'm just dipping toes in because it's fascinating to me. It is fascinating. Because, because sexuality, yeah. another aspect of our feminine selves, whether you're male or female, has such confusion around it as to my belief, it's our God power. Yeah. And that's why it's been so confusing for people like it's so shameful well, for people it's so it's oppressed by people it's so wrong to express it you well know but there's mean? so
1: much power there oh it is your and God wisdom power. and yes. and that's why it has been suppressed in women and
0: men i'm gonna say men too
1: i feel like it's definitely no i not if we're talking about the masculine and the feminine the way that it's been orchestrated on the planet okay. to where we're at now which is changing okay the collective consciousness has been
0: more into the patriarchy, which is somewhat abusive towards women. Oh, I agree. In and, but that's not, that's not male and female. That's a patriarchy, which is suppressive to both male and female. Traditionally, more men are a part of the patriarchal system, but women can be too. And men can be suppressed by it as well, right? All the confusion around sexuality for men is also a part of that.
1: I agree. And I think the reason why I'm bringing bringing this back a little bit with where you and I were actually going in our last podcast was a little bit of, and where you and I have both been doing reading and learning and expanding is... Yes, there has been a death and a suppression. I mean, even to the point of taking out Mary Magdalene, Mother Mary, all these different goddesses goddesses out of scriptural biblical texts to where it is masculine. There is an honoring, in my opinion, to what has been done. Because there, I mean, when I was, you know this, just recently going through a... I was going, and I know a lot of women who've been going through this too. The last probably few months of a purging of this suppression and this. I mean, I was I I was in tears and had convulsing sobs as I'm puking and all of a sudden bleeding and you know having a horrible migraine. That was a collective consciousness of the suppression and the the death of the divine feminine that had been on the planet for mm-hmm. how many yes h- how long hundreds. <laughs> always
0: well it's not always because if you go into well, yeah because Gaia the ne- is feminine it's always been here
1: well I was just reading this book that was talking through Lemuria and some different aspects there and it seems like it started happening um when the Catholic Church started oh you're coming. talking about the
0: suppression I was talking about the energy has always been on the planet I, yeah. until it was not right okay right gotcha just got confused there Well, and I
1: think for anyone that's wanting to explore more with the divine feminine and reawakening that part of you, because again, we're all connected, we're all one. So as you read stories of Mary Magdalene or Anna, grandmother of Jesus, this is their story and it's yours. You know, as I was writing my book, I know that my experiences aren't just mine. Everyone can relate to them. Absolutely. So these goddess, these goddesses that we were pulling, and even like the Sophia Code, she's great with talking about how pull the these goddesses into you because we are one. This is part of who you are. Right. You are creator. You're creatrix of your right. reality.
0: Right. I guess the point I was getting at is you don't have to be a female in form to worship goddess. Agreed. Or to be have divine feminine energy. I totally agree. And that was the part I was talking about was the suppression has been of the divine feminine in any kind of practice by anyone. Which is intuition, it's the sensual self. But it's not just, yes, women probably carried the brunt of it and men as well. Men well, as well. I agree. In
1: fact, one of the things that we do when we call in Pachamama energy is remind my sister that she's never left the Garden of Eden, but it's also my brother. Remind my right. brother he has never left the Garden of Eden because as there's been a divine rising of the feminine, it is what about the men? Right. What about the men that are trying to figure out their place now in this? And right. What I think is beautiful is, for me, I'm coming, my partner is one of those that he is definitely exploring into this balance of his divine masculine, divine feminine. And it's a process. And I've no, I'm have i becoming aware of more and more men that are doing this. And what it does is it creates more of these divine unions yes. from what I'm seeing.
0: Yes. Well, and I feel like um, because it's been so confused for so long, everyone is having the opportunity of stillness, of figuring out what it is for them. Right. And Especially in, right now. Yeah. That's what's fascinating. Yeah. Well, and I love the card because that's what we're being forced to do. <laughs> okay, so if we hold the coronavirus in, in the oneness of duality, yeah, there's a really hard thing that's happening, but guess what? There's a lot of beautiful things that are coming out of it. The whole world is slowed down well and the whole world is being forced to
1: surrender to something that's outside of them they can't control what happens
0: but they can control how they are in the space of it right how they react and even the planet like um i read something that for the first time in some places in china they can see the sky they can Mm -hmm. see the sun that they've never even seen their entire life
1: well the dolphins that are showing up in the in the canals in venice yeah
0: Yeah. I, i mean it's it's amazing it's amazing what can come from stillness and we can choose it on a daily basis in meditation or just I believe presence presence is a heart practice presence is a feminine practice and when I say feminine it's not feminine in that only women can do it it's feminine in form It is the feminine aspect of us, a practicing presence of being a hundred percent in the moment. And that's another thing that this, um, is allowing us to do. The opportunity is arising to navigate how we're going to respond on a global level Yeah. What am I gonna choose to believe? What am I gonna choose to read? How am I gonna choose to spend my time today? How am I going to choose to interact with other people? How am I, am I gonna be led by fear? Or am i gonna step into my body and let my body guide what I'm gonna do that day. And that's, basically, that's finding that balance of the two, filling into the body and then taking action from what feels like truth in the body. right? that's finding that that flow of the two inspired action yeah yeah and that um, as you're talking
1: especially with being in presence I know that for some people that's actually really challenging how do I and especially for people that are very heady oh it's hard for me well it's definitely been a learned <laughs> oh geez it takes time to practice and you know if we go into the neuroscience and you talk you know if you've read any of um, Joe Dispenza yeah Joe Dispenza's amazing. work amazing yeah just about the neural pathways that we have created in our brains and those neural pathways is go from a little dirt road to then a two-lane paved highway to then a freeway to just uh, patterns that we continually create. Yeah, over and, and over. it creates chemicals too. Yeah. And I, I wrote this in my book. One of the things that was so fascinating for me to witness, I do not feel like I'm one that likes drama. And yet I was in a relationship that was all about drama and it only lasts about nine months. But I remember afterwards and choosing out of that relationship, laying in bed one night feeling this surge of emotions come over me and this uh, like a release of some chemical that craved drama and I went what in the hell is that and that was my first embodied understanding of what Joe Dispenza was talking about holy Mm. shit like these programs that we run in our brain whether they're there's something that we're reacting to because of an environment that we're currently in or it's something we're creating you know emotional eating is one you know we, we continued and I'm that's something that I've, (laughs) as I had my cheesecake last night, but (laughs) it's definitely a very real thing. So one of the practices for me, if I get, I had, it's been a while since I've been in that space. So I'm really grateful of that heady space of that spinning out Oh yeah, where you start spinning out and you're starting kind of getting to that frantic, that panicky, holy shit, what am I going to do? How am I going to take care of my family? Go outside, go outside, look at the leaves, and the details on the tree and the grass start getting really focused in on the little things. And I feel like that there's something about that and even having your your feet, if you can, bare feet. Yeah, it's ground. called earthing. Yeah. Yeah. on the ground, on Gaia, but really getting getting outside. Like that's one of the biggest one of the biggest tools for me. Yeah, that's help. writing is helpful, getting getting the energy out of your body. In shamanic, we use a lot of stones and crystals, you can blow the energy into a crystal into a stone. Really, the practice of getting those emotions out of your body is it's a really important tool that I've used that
0: I even use with my children. Yeah, absolutely. I find for me, um, I'm way better than I have been in the past with the spinning out. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, I can catch it before I get into the spin out. Where my challenge is with my mind is wanting to plan, needing a plan. <laughs> Wanting to know the next step, what's the next thing? What can I look forward to? What can I plan on? What because it feels safe. Well, and it's, it's an element safe. of
1: control, right? Oh, and this Michael Singer talks about this. <laughs> like he goes middle name. <laughs> <laughs> he talks about how he goes. You know, it's quite comical that our planet has been around for. How many millions of years right. and the energy's already been in motion for how many millions of years and we humans think we come onto this planet and that we're really going to start controlling everything in our reality and he you know he kind of mocks it a little bit like are you are you serious right now that you think you're going to control the outcome of your life And here's a duality in it, right? Yes, we do think we're going to create the outcomes that we're wanting, but maybe it looks like in a different way. And this is the practice of surrender. But as you're talking, I'm like, oh, this is, oh, it is our control. need to control. Yeah. Thinking that we can. yeah, And then being really pissed off when it doesn't turn out the way that we planned it to be. right? Or,
0: or that I can't control other people. That really gets me <laughs> mad. <laughs> do what I want you to do. Yeah, I, although... Um, this last year, I did a year-long program learning about family constellations, which is inherited family um, coping mechanisms. It's like the inherited traits that aren't the physical pieces. It's the the way we respond to tr- stress, the way we cope through hard things, the way we um, get triggered even. And it can be things like, addictive behaviors or it can be the need to control and one thing I learned about is that was a coping mechanism for me if I felt like I could control my environment I could create safety in a place that I didn't always feel safe right so there's the gift right and why you were choosing into that right right and because I'm conscious of it now right when I see myself move into needing to control things, I can, and I'm not, I'm working on this, it's getting better. I can go, oh, that's a coping skill. It was a resource in the past. And I can consciously choose a new way. I can let that go, take a deep breath, go outside, ground, release. The need to know the next thing, yeah, right. And um, Joe Dispenza actually had a really awesome post the other day on his Instagram where he talked about um, kind of what you were saying, but the the pattern of needing, or no, actually it was um, we we go to the worst case scenario. Like when, in the unknown, mm-hmm. we don't know what's going to happen. We start spinning into the worst case scenario. And then our body starts releasing hormones and chemicals as if that worst case scenario was happening, which then furthers that thinking. Mm -hmm. So it becomes like this cycle. And we're actually training our bodies to be anxious, depressed, Mm -hmm. and OCD. And he said, if we can see the unknown as a place of creation and nothing can be created outside of the unknown then it can become an the the unknown can become an adventure and he wrote it way more beautifully than that you said it beautifully thank you um i
1: and think and that it gave me a, a,
0: a pause Do, oh wait that's where creation happens is in the unknown right oh shit that means i got to change
1: <laughs> oh change is one of the constants in life but this this you know as you how many times have have you or I hit, hit a
0: rock bottom? Have you ever hit a rock bottom? Oh I think I've had maybe at least five, yeah. like where life took a whole different track than I ever expected. Well,
1: and then you're in the worst possible, horrific like the heart-wrenching yeah. place, that ending, yeah, it's an ending of whatever it was, yeah, and then what comes out of it?
0: Oh, beautiful beginning.
1: And that's what I, as you're talking about this, that's what I'm seeing is this, you know, that blackness of no thing Mm -hmm. is really when we hit our rock bottom and that darkness Mm -hmm. that just is all encompassing. And we think I'm done. Mm -hmm. Do not want to fucking do this anymore. And somehow we do.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Some people choose not to, but somehow we do. And we come out of it and we end up creating something pretty beautiful. And it becomes now part of our tools Mm-hmm. of you know what I have been there I have had depression I have felt alone in the utterness despair of feeling alone and you now connect with other people because of that and right the
0: empathy Yeah, it makes me think um, Kyra Ra uh, she wrote this amazing she, she calls it canonized scripture really and it's channeled from the goddess energy uh, but it opens with the prayer of the divine mother and Um, Like we talked about yesterday, if source or all that is, is everything, it's also nothing. And in the prayer, she says, take me to that place in your womb where there is no thing so I can be born anew. And that's kind of that same thing that uh, Joe Dispenza is saying is when we step into that place of void, of the unknown and complete surrender there, we step into our hearts, Mm -hmm. then we allow the creation to come up.
1: Well, I don't think it's coincidental that our second chakra, which is our sacral chakra, which is right. Sacral. Did I say that? Yes. yes. Sacral. Sexuality, creativity, oh. you know, it, yeah. and it's also our womb ish. I mean, it's ovaries. It's kind, but it's connected to that space too. I feel like it's one well, a-
0: men, It's their reproductive organs mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, it's our creative. It's creation. And that's where chakra. the kundalini energy sits, the serpent, right? Mm-hmm. The god energy. Kundalini energy is our god energy, and yeah. it sits in this, the sacral chakra. That's why in
1: Egyptian, you know, you look at the Egyptian, because we were talking about past lives in Egypt, there's so much serpent energy and a lot of what they did, and it's because they understood this. Right, Cleopatra understood the gifts and the healing that can ha- be had when you step into that sexual holding, from a place of honoring, I mean, this could this is a whole other conversation. And you and I just had this the other day with um, the choice of choosing to be in a monogamous relationship where there are some people that they choose to have multiple partners because they feel like it is an expanded self-expression, mm-hmm. and which is totally fine. I have no judgment towards that. And I loved how you shared, though, and I can't remember what book it was, but talking about how with one partner.
0: It's the Magdalene Manuscript by um, Tom Kenyon and Judy Sion. It's an amazing book. Well, remind me what you, t- you said when we were having this conversation. Well, because when, when you engage in, I'm just going to say sex magic, because that's what it is. Mm-hmm. When you engage in the spiritual practice of combining your sexual energy with that of another person, and from what I understand, it doesn't have to be male-female. It's just two people, mm-hmm. because we have both... Feminine masculine within us mm-hmm. when we consciously choose to engage on that energetic level, that's when the Kundalini energy is lifting and again I'm just dipping my toe into this so I may get parts of it wrong but when we do that an energe- a third energetic body is created so it's, it comes back to the Trinity right where you have the two of you and then you have the, the connection of the two of you which is the combined God-self of the two, mm-hmm. something along that lines. And I know there's names for it, but I haven't learned all of it. So if someone out there can, you know, share on our comments, we'd yes, love please. to hear more. Um, but it's fascinating to me, especially how sex and sexuality has been so damaged over the years, you know, and it, I believe it is goddess energy. It is God energy and mm-hmm. learning how to find pleasure either through physical stimulation, or you can do it through breath work through mm-hmm. Kundalini oh, yoga yeah. or tantric pa- practices, learning how to lift and rise that sexual energy through your chakras, through your body. I believe that it's kundalini. called the jeed. I think it's jeed. It keeps coming okay. that energy. Yeah. You know, back I know if you guys could see us, we're like, Interweaving our hands back and forth like two snakes, you know the caduceus.
1: What's hilarious is, did you think we were going to start talking about sex magic? (laughs) Talking about the sacred divine, of course we would. How can you not
0: if you're talking about the um, divine feminine, right? That is the divine feminine is sex magic, sex energy, because that's what sex is. It's creative energy, yeah. And whether it's physically creating a human being, or new life, whenever we create in the world, that is the energy we're tapping into mm-hmm. every time. That's, yeah. that's the law. It's sex, sexual energy is creation. So, of course, it has to come up talking about divine <laughs> feminine and divine masculine, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Absolutely. Shiva Shakti in the yoga world, Shiva is the energy, the destroyer that comes down to create space for Shaki, mm-hmm. which is the feminine energy to rise and create. And it's the dance of the two. And you can't have one without the other. You can't destroy and never create, and you can't create without destruction. Well,
1: Anne, this is reminding me too, though, of our shadow aspects, right? Our shadow selves that are, if we're just talking right now about the feminine and okay. me and my experience and my personal experiences with myself part of it has been accepting those shadow aspects that do feel scary because if you're talking about some of these things that feel like the destroyer and the balancing when you're talking about the shiva shakti shiva shakti -Shakti, Mm -hmm. is also shadow elements of our and this can be masculine or feminine Mm -hmm. with really and this is part of that embodied practice of I'm honoring all parts of me in the whole, because you can't have the light without the dark, the dark without the light. Right, it's the
0: yin-yang. Yes. Yeah.
1: And I, as you're so- talking about this, I feel like that's something that's really important to also talk through with, and we were just talking about this a few days ago And as I was doing a session with you, with embodying part of these parts of me that feel scary, mm-hmm. like the magic parts that I feel like in past lifetimes have created negative karma that I've gone through and healed because there is, and let's be, let's be for real. I mean, if we're starting to tap into the meta- metaphysicalness of all things, we have had lifetimes, all of us, where we have dabbled in dark magic or shadowy energies or whatever we oh, want to yeah, call it. Oh yeah, we probably
0: played every role.
1: Yeah. It's yeah. part of our, part of our understanding and our growth. So right. embodying that now without fear of recognizing this is a part of who I am and it's taught me these right. things. Right. Right but I now have a container to hold that even, even stronger. Right. And you know, everything's a choice, right? Maybe today I'm not going to practice dark magic (laughs) because that's just not in a integrous ethical place. And I know what it looks like. So I can recognize it when someone else is practicing it and you can not, I don't want to use the word combat it, but you recognize it to where you're like, Oh, I don't think so. This isn't coming into my energetic field.
0: Right. You like
1: that I'm doing my I finger love, again? I know.
0: Sometimes I'm like, oh, we got to do a YouTube so <laughs> we can see the, the the movements we're making. Yeah. Uh, there's actually an awesome book called Claiming Your Shadow that I think that might have been one of the ones that got me started thinking about duality. And it's this idea of paradox. Um, and he talks about duality, light and shadow. Right. And we have everyone has both. We have both. And finding your center isn't all light and fairies. Yeah. It's just not. Finding your center is the place of overlap, the paradox of both. Mm -hmm. And finding your center is becoming one with both. Right. It's not, okay, I'm just all light and magic. It's, I'm both. It's being rooted and having wings. Yeah. That's beautiful. But we, I feel like in the esoteric community, in the, I don't know, whatever you want to call a spiritual community, there is the spiritual bypassing piece is just transcending the shadow, transcending the idea that that's a part of who we are. If I just do enough mantras and prayer beads and asanas and down dogs or what, whatever the practice is, if I can just do enough of it, then I will overcome my shadow. Mm-hmm. And... I don't believe that to be true. I believe it's finding that place of paradox of holding the space of both. And I really believe that's what Christ consciousness is. I believe that's what Jesus was really teaching, is finding the oneness of both. So there's no longer a pull into polarity, Mm -hmm. right? The oneness and duality. Well,
1: and then feeling that you know when you do get pulled, because we all do, then thinking, oh my God, something's wrong with me, or I'm crazy, or... What, what, Or I'm God's gift to the world and put me on a pedestal and worship me. Right, I'm going to go lick the toilet seats now because I'm immune to right. a virus. Because yeah. I don't believe in, believe in that. I just had someone the other day that is newer into some of this spiritual energetics and this new verbiage and new language. And one of the things that I feel like, as you're talking about this, in a real everyday experience and an, an embodiment of shadow aspect and light aspect, is also this idea of mirrors. Do you know the idea of mirrors? Well, that in a I know relationships- my
0: idea of mirrors is that they're showing me my shit. Okay. It's a reflection of me. That's how I live in relationship. It's how I am in relationship to that person. So whatever uh-huh. comes up is mine to look at. Do you feel like that's always the
1: case? Yes, I do. I agree and I disagree, and this is where I think there's spiritual bypassing that happens because what happens, I feel like, and I have found in some experiences, depending on who you're talking with, so somebody who believes and sits in the place like you're talking about, oh, if I, if I sit and do X, Y, and Z, then I'm always going to be in this spiritual place, and you're never really rooted in...
0: That's not what I'm saying. Oh,
1: let, let me finish.
0: <laughs> okay. I'm not saying that's what you're saying. Okay. Okay. Wait. I just want to make sure... Well, I'm agreeing with you,
1: and I'm also trying to state there are times, however, where the other person needs to take accountability for their actions. But
0: I have no control over that. I have zero control over that. And it's not going to trigger me if I'm not holding something around it. That's my point.
1: Okay, but here we go into spiritual bypassing, and this is my point. I think, and I have experienced, and I have felt that there are people that when, if I were to say, Val, I'm really struggling with, and you and I are actually really good at this. We're getting better, yes. Yeah, I feel like we're pretty damn good at this. Okay, go. And we are getting better. like with all relationships. Yes. But I will. Hey, I'm triggered but I've sat here and looked at it because I recognize there's something here for me to look at. And I'm communicating this to you because you're a partner of mine and this is important to me. And then you now, because this is how you're wired and how I've been wired, you take it, look at it, go, you know what? I appreciate you sharing that. Whatever it looks like. I don't feel like that's mine. Or I feel like there's pieces here that yeah, I'm going to look at. There are people though who will, if I were to say to you, hey, this really triggered me and I recognize that this is an aspect of this. Mm -hmm. However, I'm feeling this from you or I'm needing this from you because relationships are two-sided. There are a lot of people who will deflect and will not take any kind of accountability for their part in that two-sidedness.
0: I love that we're having this conversation because we actually had, (laughs) this is real life. Like This really happened between Amanda and I. And I but this happens with any... I know, but I don't know if it's a communication style or not, but I'm still going to hold the space that I am not responsible for what you I, are triggered by. I'm not saying that
1: you're responsible, but let's use a friend of mine how okay. many years ago okay. that I recognized and saw in my knowing that there was dark magic and some things that were not great okay. <laughs> that she was doing. right. I could have sat down and had a conversation with her. I knew that if I would have done that, and she was someone that held herself as a more spiritually advanced than me, she would have reflected and said, that's just a mirror, and those are that's your issue, not mine. But she was, she was doing these things. So there wouldn't have been a resolution. Do Does right. that
0: make sense? I think, I guess the part for me is, and this actually was part of our conversation, is it comes to boundaries too, right? Uh Uh-huh. Yes, you can say, when you do this, it really bothers me. And I'm looking at why it bothers me. Mm -hmm. And my boundary is, please don't do that anymore. Right. And then the other person has a choice whether or not they're going to honor that boundary, or they'll say, no. And then there's a choice, right? Okay, this is my boundary. I'm setting a boundary because I don't like it when, okay, I don't like it when you talk to me in that tone. Not you. I'm saying this generally. So <laughs> let's say one of my kids. Thank God. One of my kids gets a little sassy sometimes. And I say a boundary. I don't like it when you talk. And this isn't the best example because mother, child, anyway. You get you get my drift. I have. There is a nuance here with boundaries. We actually did this. We actually did this. And I said, when I'm telling you that I'm not responsible for your trigger, that's yours. And I hear what you're saying. I'll look at it for me. And I'm saying this to set a boundary for myself. Because my my old self would take complete responsibility for Mm -hmm. all of it where all of a sudden now I am responsible for your trigger. And so my practice was to say, no, that's yours. I'm I'm not taking responsibility for how you feel. And thank you for telling me how you feel because who I am, I'll look at that. So most people
1: do not react the way that you do.
0: Really? Right.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm dead serious. And I would bet listeners <laughs> listening to this. I know. What's up with She's my got- fingers
0: today? <laughs> She's pointing her finger and wagging at me. <laughs> I love it. And it, what you just described I as an
1: example, is going into that neutral space. Right. I hear you. I right. validate what you're saying, which is a whole communication piece and therapy, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I, I hear you and I validate it. And this is also your issue. So it's not a hundred percent mine, but there's a neutrality in it of taking, you know, I'll, I'll go look at that. I'll see if there's a piece Absolutely. here that is mine. I honor and respect where you're at. And I'm sorry, you know, that way is your trigger. I can't right. do anything about that part.
0: Well, and there does come a point where it's like, but you that's know what? the accountability piece that you just took is my point. Well, yes. And there's, there's also a piece where I say, this is who I am. Right, you're and honoring. I'm not, not going to change for anyone. And that's claiming a sovereign self, right? And if it doesn't work for you, that's okay. That's a boundary too.
1: Yes, except for I feel like, What you just said as an example before, what you just said now is a little bit, they're bumping up against each other because there are times where it's like, okay, I did look at that. I don't feel like this, I'm still in my integrity of who I am and I don't feel like I have a piece here. And there are other times where it's, you know what? I actually probably could have handled that a little differently. I'm sorry for my reaction in X, Y, and Z. So I think it's just trying to figure, it is finding, again, stepping into the sovereign self, knowing the self well enough to be able to, and taking enough vulnerability and courage. And I know for me, I communicated to Val, my tendency in relationships, especially with females, I will shut off if I get triggered and if I, whatever, and I'm like, oh, you know what, I just don't want that person in my life anymore. That has been, especially as an employer too. I would do that with my employees. And I full on knew it, that I did it. And instead of having the conversation, the hard conversation, I would just ignore it and I would turn my head and go the other other way. So this has been something that's newer. And I communicated that to you recently, that I honor our relationship and our friendship. And I really want to talk through this.
0: And I absolutely love that new practice. So thank you
1: it it's hard it's been challenging and i'm and i love the ability that it has for me to go deeper in connections and relationships mm-hmm. and it actually i mean obviously and with my partner too it allows me to go into a deeper place there
0: yeah
1: and who knows if any of this made any sense to anybody listening but i i think i think just in finishing this topic mm-hmm. as far as the mirrors
0: mm-hmm.
1: it is important in my opinion, to have enough discernment to understand and recognize a when somebody's reacting at you from their place of it's of wounding. Right. When they're not able to take accountability, which you know, you can look at someone in your wise self and go, you know what? Right now in their state of being, they cannot take accountability. That's just not how they're wired. And then you get to choose whether or not that person's still yes, in your life. Absolutely. And then there's those places like you're talking about where guess what? This is who I am. I'm honoring who I am. I've looked at this. This really, I don't feel like I stepped out of my integrity. And sometimes that's hard to hear if the other person's looking for something. And a lot of times in relationships, we do that. I'm feeling X, Y, or Z. And, but like I said, you're really great with validating. I hear you. I appreciate you. You're really good at this. Thank you for sharing this with me because I now felt validated, even though you may say, and that's not mine, that's yours. And I hope you can figure out what that was and let me know, blah, blah, blah.
0: Well, thank you. And for me, we're all in different practices, right? For me, that's my practice. Because in the past, my tendency is to make everything my fault and take everyone else's shit as mine. I have to fix the world. And I know that about right? you, so I'm very careful. Yeah. <laughs> so it's interesting how um, our friendship has helped both of us develop a practice to be something, I don't want to say better, more evolved, more aware, more More conscious, I don't know, more conscious, right? Yeah. Yeah. More bodies, I don't know. And we're both choosing to stay in the relationship, even though it can be challenging. it's not always rainbows and fairies and starlight. And although there's lots of that too. Well, I wonder if this is
1: a good place to end on. What are your thoughts? How are you feeling?
0: Yeah, I think so.
1: I mean the the idea of the sacred feminine and sacred masculine, divine feminine, divine masculine, whatever you want to call it. I mean, this could be. We more than likely we're going to touch on it many times, because. In my practice, I know in your practice, I feel like we're both in a practice of really how do we step more consciously into our sovereign selves and walk the beauty way, whatever that looks like for us. And part of us doing it is doing this podcast and sharing mm-hmm. our stories and our, our voice. Mm-hmm. So this will more than likely come come again and again. So the question is, what's the ask from this episode?
0: What is your practice? of just starting to recognize when you're in your feminine aspect or you're in your masculine aspect, whether you're male or female, which part of you is calling the shots at the moment, Mm -hmm. and how can you find a better balance of the two? And I would love to
1: add, especially since we drew this card that was of stillness, mm-hmm. what is your daily practice of getting into stillness? So, oh, I love it. So that, because the more we do our daily practice, the more it just becomes a part of who we are. Yep. And in this, in really, truthfully, in the place of stillness is where we are more observant as far as our reactionary, the divine, feminine, masculine, whatever aspect that's coming out in us. Well, the, that, in the place moment.
0: of stillness is where we move from reaction to response. Yeah. Yeah. We get out of our patterns, which are patterns are always unconscious, into a more conscious place of creating our life on purpose. Right. Yeah. Inspired action.
1: So there's your ask. Be in stillness. How can you be in a practice of stillness and observation so that you can see the divine feminine and the
0: divine masculine and how you are playing that out every day? Uh, My caveat is for me, um, my stillness comes through action. So going out into nature on a hike or a walk is where I can really allow my mind to still, so then inspiration comes in. Sitting in meditation for me is sometimes really difficult to get my mind shut the fuck up.
1: (laughs) Well, and then that comes to knowing yourself well enough. yeah, yeah. So I just wanted to offer
0: that, that being in stillness doesn't mean that your body has to be still. Yeah. It's finding what that looks like for you. And And for me, it's movement. Movement actually brings stillness to my mind so I can drop into my heart. And sometimes it changes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I feel like every, I
1: mean, I do feel like a meditation practice for me on a daily basis is extremely important. And sometimes I really need movement
0: yeah 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 i'm most successful in meditation if i do a breath practice first that's pretty active to move the energy and then i can drop into stillness way easier um maybe our next podcast
1: we'll talk about we'll give an example of a breath meditation awesome stay
0: tuned for next time (laughs) have a beautiful sunday yeah yeah thanks Thank you so much for
1: joining us today and spending some of your valuable time with us. We hope there was something that you gained in your awareness that you can now share into the world. Remember, you are a divine creator. So what are you creating today?
0: Come check us out on Instagram, finding oneness and duality. We'd love to hear your feedback. We would just love to hear from you. Please feel free to come check us out. Relationships are two-sided, so come be the other side. Oneness. Dot. In. Dot. Do I, It's too long. <laughs> Thank you so.
1: Okay, you got to stop <laughs> laughing.
0: <laughs> oh, you even got it. Okay. Uh, oh, okay. you Had to pull that in. <laughs> <laughs> Laughter is good for the soul. All right. Squirrel. <laughs> okay.